tell me how you really feel, right? That that's that's what we want coaches to do when they're in front of the microphone, but too much of the time it's coach speak and the right answer and all that type of stuff. But Athlon Sports put out anonymous coaches talk about other coaches and players in the SEC, some surprising things about what was said about Tennessee, what are they and a whole lot more. It's your Thursday, Locked on Balls. You are Locked on Balls, your daily podcast on the Tennessee Volunteers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you, Thursday, everybody. Welcome into it. Locked On Balls every single day, weekday that is, 30 minutes or less right here on the Locked On Balls YouTube channel and wherever you get your podcasts. Couldn't do it without you every day. Thanks so much for coming back. This is Eric Kane, your host. You can always find me at underscore Kaner on Twitter and at Locked On Vols. Got a fun show coming up today. Like I said in the cold open, anonymous talk around the SEC. What are they saying about Tennessee? That's coming up in a few seconds. Joe Milton got real. I wrote about it at VolQuest.com on a Wednesday. Joe Milton got real in an interview on Radio Road at SEC Media Days. What did he have to say about when he lost the job? He got injured and Hinton Hooker took over. You don't want to miss that in segment two. And then we're going to get into scouting the opponents the third Saturday in October. Who is the Crimson Tide this year? That is your show rundown here on a Thursday. All right, so we always want to know the real stuff. We always want to know what is on the mind of coaches and players around the SEC. But again, you can't you can't just get in front of a microphone with, with video cameras and, and cell phones and recorders and all that and just often say what you want to say. Uh, a lot of times you like to tell the reporter to, you know, F off or whatever, or you like to, you know, shoot down any narrative or whatever the case is. But as a coach or a player, you're in a spotlight and you can't give away bulletin board material. You can't start controversies because a lot of times that's just going to come back and hurt your own team or your players. But the beautiful thing about anonymous articles are these publications go around at events like SEC Media Days or Spring Meetings or whatever the case is, and they get quotes from coaches on other teams or players that uh, their name's going to be redacted. And so they can truly say what they're what they're wanting to say. And that's what Athlon Sports did at SEC Media Days, I would imagine, because this story came out this week and SEC Media Days was last week. And so I'm going to read you the portion about Tennessee. Really good stuff on all 14 SEC teams. I encourage you to go check that out. But here's what they had to say about Tennessee. A lot about the offense and a little bit about Joe Milton and the defense. Here's the first one. Quote, they were legit good last year. That wasn't a fluke or a gimmick. I think we can all agree that Tennessee was very, very good last year. And I think we can all agree that Josh Hopple knows what he's talking about on offense and knows how to develop players, especially in the offense. And so the question again is, was that a one-off? Uh, I guess that's another word in terms of saying it was that a fluke. This anonymous coach, you know, and again, these are all head coaches. These are coaching staff members and some head coaches and stuff, but it's anonymous, so we don't know who said it. Um, but you know, this coach says that, Hey, that wasn't a fluke whatsoever. Tennessee was good, legit good. And it wasn't a gimmick. Uh, another coach says, quote, that offense is no more or less a gimmick system than anyone else's. I think a lot of coaches are just sore about the way they got scored on so much. Um, I would agree with that. And again, you know, Tennessee's wrapping Josh Heupel's offense. Often, uh, people just say, Oh, it's a gimmick. It's, you know, it's a system and all that, but you know, system, everybody has a system 
doesn't matter if you coach offense, if you coach defense, if you're the play caller, you have a system that you run. So when anybody says, oh, it's just the system, oh, it's just the system, that is a stupid comment, okay? If you hear that, just know that I believe that that's a stupid comment because every coach in America runs a certain system. Um, but in terms of gimmick and everything, I mean, sure, Josh Hopper likes to get the ball out of the quarterback's hands in a hurry, likes to go tempo and all that. Um, that is his system, but every team in America strategizes and runs something that they do well to give them the best chance to win. And so I would agree with this one as well. I thought that was funny. Uh, here's one about Joe Milton. Quote, Joe Milton III is not going to be Hendon Hooker, so the ceiling won't be as high. Okay, um... Sure, it's it's hard to say that anybody outside of maybe Caleb Williams, who won the Heisman last year, Drake May, um, you know, some of these other quarterbacks around the SEC or quarterbacks around the country, excuse me, that are projected to be you know first rounders next year. It's kind of hard to say that anybody's going to be as good as Hendon Hooker was last year. I mean, he was damn good. He was he was really really good. Um, Joe Milton's ceiling though is much higher than that of Hendon Hooker, and it always has been doesn't mean that he will play as well as Hendon Hooker, but Joe Milton's ceiling is higher. So if Joe Milton truly has grown in the offense, not only knows what to do, but understands why you're doing it, and you can make the right decisions and be accurate with the football, in my opinion, Tennessee's ceiling is just as high as Hendon Hooker because those were things that Joe Milton wasn't doing early in 2021, and he wasn't doing all the time in Michigan. Again, that's a big if. I understand that. But the ceiling for Joe Milton is much higher and always has been than Hendon Hooker. And that's no disrespect to Hendon Hooker. He's a fine football player, good football player, and hopefully he'll have a long, sustaining career in the National Football League. Should have been a Heisman finalist last year. But the fact of the matter is you got Cam Newton over here and Joe Milton, and if you can reach that potential, boy, you talk about cheat code on NC Dubs back in the day. Um, that's a big if. I recognize it, but I don't I don't agree with this comment from an anonymous SEC coach on Joe Milton. Uh, let's go to the next one. They need to develop more depth of wide receiver to stay more to stay creative. Well, I understand it's important to have depth because injuries obviously are a big deal. Say Broom, I mean, look at Cedric Tillman last year. <laughs> he missed six games and he was kind of um in, in a couple other games that he played in, he was he was kind of half speed, if you will. Tennessee did okay. They had depth in, in Ramel Keaton, who stepped up in a major way and surprised many, myself included. I'm, I'm, I'm pulling the thumb and pointing to myself here right now. Uh, th yeah, that was huge. Injuries are a part of the game. However, this is more of a conversation for next year because potentially, potentially, Brew McCoy could leave, Dante Thornton could leave, Ramel Keaton's definitely gone. He'll be out of eligibility. And you'll be sitting here like, okay, I can maybe get one player from the transfer portal, one receiver, but can I get two or three? I don't think so. So depth and continued growth and to be ready to step in this year, but for next year is more important, but Tennessee plays three receivers, guys. Tennessee will play four this year. Uh, you know, D Dante Thornton and Squirrel White both playing out of the slot. There's some versatility there with Dante Thornton. So Tennessee's got four guys, and, and that's pretty much all they're going to play. But there's hardly ever going to be more than three wide receivers on the field at the same time. Uh, that's just... What we've seen with Josh Heupel in the tight end position is so important. So, again, I would agree with this one. They need to develop more depth at wide receiver to stay creative, but Tennessee plays three receivers. Uh, we'll continue on here. Quote, another, on, uh, another anonymous coach on Tennessee. Quote, this system is like a new age option offense where it's just hard as hell to practice in a single week, and you get burned easily because you're tired. You can't replicate the tempo and the pace unless you do it a little bit all season. I 100% could not agree with that statement more, okay? 
again, different level. Long time ago, obviously, I'm I'm not uh, I'm not in the, you know peak physical condition as I once was. Even then, I was small. But going up against an option offense every single day in practice, uh, you know the the, the veer. It, it hits you like nothing else hits you because you go up against that in practice and then you play against a spread on Saturday or whatever. A lot of teams I played against in college ran a triple option. That just goes to show you Division two, smaller guys, scheme, all that type of stuff. But you practice against a triple option that hits and hits and hits, and you see nothing like it again the next week when you go against a spread or a pro or whatever. It truly is like an option offense because of the tempo, the tempo, the tempo. You get tired, you make lazy decisions, you get burned, and you can't, again, he goes on to say, you can't replicate the tempo and pace unless you do it a little bit all season. You can't just do that. Scout team, the scout team in practice cannot replicate this. Scout team, let's go behind the curtain here. You're looking at plays off of sheets, okay? You're breaking the huddle, you're going and running them, then you're coming back looking to play on the sheet, okay? You can't do that when preparing for Tennessee's offense if you're a defense because the scout team can't can't you know properly run that offense to its potential. So I agree with that statement completely. I'm going to read it again one more time. The system is like a new age option offense where it's hard as hell to practice in a single week and you get burned easily because you're tired. You can't replicate the tempo and pace unless you do it a little bit all season. Could not agree with that more. couple more here. The defense still has some leftover talent from former head coach Jeremy Pruitt. They've just asked to play complimentary ball and create a few stops. Uh, okay, there's not a whole lot of leftover talent, but uh, okay. And then the last one I'll read here. When they're up on you, Neyland is a nightmare to play in. The stadium is back to the way it used to be. How about that? Mic drop in it there. Quote, when they're up on you, Neyland is a nightmare to play in. The stadium is back to the way it used to be. Some pretty good stuff there. Anonymous coaches comment on other teams and players from around the SEC. That is at Athlon Sports. Some pretty good stuff here said on Tennessee, and I agree with a lot of it. What say you? Go check out that article, uh, plus uh, some anonymous comments on the 13 other teams around the SEC. That's over at Athlon Sports. Uh, I always love anonymous um, anonymous articles because you get, you get the truth and kind of what's going on, whereas – you don't just get coach speak in front of a microphone in a press setting. So good stuff there. Hey, when we come back, we'll go into uh, an interview that Joe Milton had at SEC Media Days. Guys, it gets real. I'm excited to play some clips, and we talked about it a little bit on yesterday's show, but we're going to dive into it here next on Locked On Balls. want to tell you about our friends LinkedIn. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you got to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. You, me, all of us, we have all throughout the course of our careers put our resume online at LinkedIn Jobs with hopes of taking the next step in our journey and reaching our professional goals. Now, maybe you've reached that professional goal, but you got to sustain it. You got to continue to grow it and be the best you can be and make the most money you can in your small business. But you don't just trust anybody. You got to find qualified people. You got to find people you can trust. Where are those people? You can find them over at LinkedIn Jobs. If you are a small business owner, you can use LinkedIn Jobs. They have simple tools like screening questions, making it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skill sets that you and experience so you can interview them and hopefully hire. It's why small businesses rank LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering qualified hires versus its leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find qualified candidates you want to talk to faster and for free. Post your job for free 
at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That is linkedin.com slash locked on college. Post your job for free over there. Terms and conditions do apply. It's Thursday and we're rolling right along here on Locked On Balls. Appreciate you guys for being here, you everydayers. A lot of you guys tell me in the YouTube comments and in the DMs that you're an everydayer. Uh, that's awesome. I love seeing that. And uh, if you want to be an everydayer, come back tomorrow. Uh, find out what it's all about. If you haven't already, please encourage you. Subscribe to Locked On Balls on the YouTube channel, wherever you get your audio po- uh, podcast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Odyssey, all those good places. Wherever you can find it, we are there, a top 100 football podcast in America, all thanks to you. Okay, so I talked a little bit about it with Josh Ward on Ward Wednesday yesterday, um, but I want to really get into it. I want you to hear Joe Milton. This is an interview with Tyler and Will on 99.1 The Sports Animal last Thursday at SEC Media Days. Um, you know, just you know, making the media rounds. He met with Nashville. He met with Knoxville local media. Took to the podium, talked to some national, uh, you know, uh, journalists and, and personalities like Paul Feinbaum and other SEC Network folks. But when he stopped around the local table at 991 the Sports Animal, talked with Tyler and Will, and he got real. You know, talking about, um, you know, his thought process. Uh, he started transfer from Michigan after, you know, the spring of 2021. Came into fall camp was handed the keys of the Ferrari, right, in year number one for Josh Heupel. Started game one, started game two. Right before halftime in game two against Pittsburgh, he gets hurt. He hits the bench. In comes in Hendon Hooker. The rest is history for Hooker and for Tennessee the rest of the 2021 and then 2022 seasons. But what was going on in the mind of Joe Milton when that happened? Yeah, I think he, he tells you here in a moment, and I think we can all agree, he was not playing his best football in that 2021 season. And he got hurt, and it was it was a time of self-reflection for sure. Uh, this is what Joe Milton had to say about that time period. Listen up. This is some good stuff here. This is real from Joe Milton. Um, 2021 season. Um, I mean, everybody would be like, oh, Joe missed all these throws, right? But Joe didn't know these receivers, so am I going to make an excuse? Absolutely not. But when I got hurt, I looked at myself in the mirror, and I was like, man, am I good enough for this game? You know, I you doubted, asked yourself that. Yeah, I doubted myself um, for like a week. Doubted myself for a week. I was in the quarterback room, slouched for like a week. I was, you know, going through that phase like, man, like, I don't even know if I want to be here for real. Uh, you know, I probably just want to go home, right? But um, I went back home after that week, and I looked myself in the mirror again. I was like, man, God gave you 6'5 height, 235 pounds uh, of weight, a lot of muscle. You can throw the ball very far. You got you accurate. You can run. Uh, you know how to talk to people. You know how to lead, right? Um, and you know how to win football games. So why not go back out there and compete to your highest level? So, you know, uh, I looked at that, and I took that into preparation, and I made it happen. Good stuff there from Joe Milton, who was one-time Tennessee starting quarterback, uh, regulated to the bench, backing up Hendon Hooker. And he kind of said, hey, do I really want to be here? Am I good enough to play football at this level? Uh, that, I mean, that takes that takes a lot to stare at yourself and say, you know, ask the tough questions because everybody's confident. In, in my job on this podcast, I'm confident. In my industry, you got to have a little bit of an ego. I understand that. I'm confident in my work and I know what I can do. But there have been points in times throughout my career where I'm struggling and I wasn't making any money or you know whatever the case may be, and and got to sit there and like, man, is this what I really want to do? I think we've all kind of been in that situation. But for a young athlete's now, you know, in this era of college athletics, to sit here and say, am I, am I good enough or not just immediately dart to the transfer portal again? And mind you, Joe Milton could have done that. You can transfer twice, see Chris, Le- Chris Ledlam, a one-time transfer and then a graduate transfer. 
Often you don't see those, you know, in the matter of a couple months, but that was the case for Chris Lelum. But Joe Milton could have left, but he stayed. And um, he knew that his time would come back around, and he wanted to be the best teammate, wanted to learn, and wanted to be a part of what was going on here at Tennessee. I really, really love that quote. And if you guys uh, follow our work over at VolQuest.com, I wrote about it yesterday. So a little bit of a rehash, uh, you know, simple plug here. If you're not on VolQuest.com, what are you waiting for? Uh, but I really wanted to bring that to the show and let you guys hear exactly if you haven't heard that quote already. Some other highlights from that interview, you can check out the complete interview over at 991bsportsanimal.com. But a couple more quotes I wanted to play. Uh, Joe Milton on getting the respect from his teammates, the Orange Bowl win, his relationship with Josh Heupel. Um, a lot of good stuff here. Here's more Joe Milton from his interview, Radio Row SEC Media Days with the Sports Animal. Um, I just kept being myself, you know, um, no matter what, I just kept being myself. Um, no matter what you're doing, you're always going to see Joe smiling. Um, I could be going through the worst things in life. I'm going to be smiling. I'm going to make sure everybody around me laugh and be happy. Um, so, I mean, it means a lot for them to have that respect for me, but uh, for them to know that I respect them the same way, you know, um, I feel like those guys have my back no matter what. Um, being able to accomplish that um, Orange Bowl, was great you know those guys were smiling crying um you know it was a great moment for me and the team as well i don't think about i don't think about it too far ahead you know that's where i got messed up last time is think about it too far ahead really um you know i just that's why i said i'm gonna enjoy every day that i can right um you know just enjoy the process um i think the the outcomes of everything i feel like the the journey is better than the outcome because you get to go through things you get to see things differently you get to experience different things. You get right. to meet new people, right? You get to put faces with names. You get to do all that, right? But when you get the outcome, you just get a random people that you don't even know that's all in your face, right? right. But the whole journey of it is just great. I mean, just having that trust in Coach Hype, man. He's a he's a he's a player led person. Like he's just wanting the player to lead everything. Right. Um, you know, as a as a player, when you get a coach that played the position, they always make it about them sometimes, right? But really? you have Coach Hype where it ain't about him. It ain't about it ain't about him. It ain't about no individual person on the team. It's about Tennessee, right? So make it about Tennessee. And he preaches that every day. Every time he comes in the meeting room, the team meeting room, that's what he preaches. It's not about him. It's not about no individual person in his office right now. It's just about Tennessee. How can we make Tennessee better? So just having him around, man, and understanding what he wants in his offense and how he runs his offense, you know, it's just different, you know. He just want he wants you to be successful, but at the same time, he wants you to be a better man than a football player. I'm willing to give my all for Tennessee. Um, I look at that sign every day, and I actually mean that. So uh, that's what you can get from Joe. <laughs> a lot of good stuff there. Um, that that last uh, thing that's kind of how he ended his interview there. Uh, the question was asked, "What's something that you know fans don't know about you?" Um, and, and he really kind of struggled to you know think of anything. And he just said, well, hey, I know this might be basic, but I, I'm going to give my all, my everything for the University of Tennessee. Uh, there's a sign in there um, in the locker room that says, I'll give my all for Tennessee. I'm sure that uh, you've seen pictures of it or whatever, and, and you slap that sucker every time you leave the locker room. And we had one of those at my church, uh, you know, the – the, the youth group, um, you know, once you get out of fifth grade, you get into middle school and high school. The youth group in my church growing up would be upstairs. And uh, when you come down those stairs, there was a sign that says, I'm going to give my all for Jesus' day, and we'd always slap it. And so uh, some good memories there growing up. But obviously, you know, that's that's a Tennessee thing too. And um, I thought that was a really cool ending quote from him. But 
a lot of great stuff on Josh Heupel, um, you know, preaching it's about us, not about me the entire time. And and I really liked when he said in there about I'm not, I'm not trying to get too far ahead of myself. I'm just trying to do the day by day. Um, getting too far ahead of myself, worrying about things to come, all that type of stuff. That's what got me in trouble the first time around. And so just enjoying the process, you know, literally just taking one step at a time, being where you are. And you, you hear coaches talk about that a lot of times, like being present. Pat Summit is, uh, you know, Pat Summit, uh, you know, preached this for years. You know, staying in your own shoes, being where you are. And, and Joe Milton is kind of talking about that in that interview there. So anyway, great stuff there from Joe Milton. Wanted you guys to hear that if you hadn't already. Full interviews over at 991thesportsanimal.com. Uh, great job by Tyler and Will. Um, I thought that was easily the best stuff from Joe Milton at SEC Media Days. And I wrote about it, but I, I didn't see many other people writing about it. And I, maybe maybe a lot of people didn't hear it or, or knew it was out there. But I thought that was some great stuff there from Joe Milton. Uh, hard guy not to root for after hearing some of that for sure. And again, Joe Milton, just like everybody, will struggle some this year at points in time. So, you know, Adversity is part of the game. Uh, but it sounds like he's got a great mindset heading into this season. So uh, good stuff there. Big game coming up this year. It's a huge game every single year. It is the third Saturday in October. Tennessee snapped a 15-year losing streak to Alabama last year at Neyland Stadium. Can it make it two in a row? We'll scout the opponent, Alabama, coming up next right here on Lockdown Balls. We continue on with scouting the opponents here on Locked On Vols. We're, we're about midway through the schedule here, but, man, nobody gets more juiced, arguably, for this game every single year. Doesn't matter how bad Tennessee's been the last 15, 20 years, whatever, but it's Alabama. It just means more. And depending on the demographic you ask, you know, my father would probably say Alabama's Tennessee's biggest rival. My grandfather would probably say Alabama or Vanderbilt. Uh, people my age, we might say Florida, um, but, I mean, Alabama – it is there. Annual crossover. Tennessee plays Alabama every single year. And 52-49, Tennessee finally got that win last year. In my opinion, was probably the best game in college football all year long. Uh, just It truly showed the pageantry that is college football. Uh, the kick, the fireworks, storming of the field, um, you know, throwing the, uh, doing a callback, throwing the, the goalposts into the Tennessee River. Um, really just kind of summed up what that season was for Tennessee. And that's leaving Neyland Stadium that night, that's when I knew, okay, Tennessee can win a national championship this year. Um, obviously, still more games to go, and Georgia was on the schedule, and of course, Tennessee had a hiccup against South Carolina and everything, but it's that point in the 2022 schedule where I was like, okay, I know Tennessee's good. We've already seen them win against Florida, go go down to Baton Rouge, beat the crap out of LSU, but it was that game where I'm like, man, Tennessee could win a natty this year. Uh, what a job for Josh Heupel at that point in time. And he's still still doing a great job, and we'll see if you can sustain that in year three. But looking at Alabama, week eight of the schedule, game seven for Tennessee. It's October 21st, the third Saturday in October, and the game's going to be in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Of course, I mentioned Tennessee snapped a 15-year losing skid to Alabama with that 52-49 win last year. Alabama last year, two losses, both on the last play of the game, two close victories as well over Texas and Texas A&M. So um, it's, you know, Alabama's 10-2 record just goes to show you the expectations and the reality down there in Tuscaloosa. It's title town here lately with Nick Saban. I get all that. But that was a bad year last year, right? 10-2. and two. How many how many guys would say Tennessee 10-2? You know, uh, raise your hand, right? I mean, Tennessee was 10-2 last year in the regular season. Uh, I'd take 10-2 every year, but that was considered a bad year in Tuscaloosa. Man, it just kind of goes to show you. Um but also those two close victories 
It's not been just beating everybody's brains in here lately. What's Alabama going to look like this year? Well, you lost a lot of NFL talents. Uh, obviously, Bryce Young, Will Anderson, uh, T- Jameer Gibbs, starting linebacker, former Tennessee linebacker Henry Tuolto. Lost a lot of talent starters on that uh, team from last year. But you still bring back Nick Saban. It's going to be a 17th year at the helm, 194-27. and 27. Incredible record. Uh, 28 years overall for Nick Saban. New offense coordinator Tommy Reese from Notre Dame. Uh, best finish in terms of best offense in the country, total offense, 25th in his three years at Notre Dame. The other two years, 45th and 60th. So I wouldn't say that that's um, explosive by any stretch of the imagination. New defensive coordinator as well, Kevin Steele, veteran SEC coach, former Tennessee linebacker. He's had a couple stints here at Tennessee. Briefly was here, the interim head coach after Jeremy Pruitt fiasco. That was something else. But Kevin Steele back into coaching and down to Tuscaloosa, and he's going to run Nick Saban's off, Nick Saban's defense. Quarterback, biggest question for Alabama this year. I'm not breaking any news here. We've talked about it. Is it going to be Jalen Milrow? Is it going to be Ty Simpson? Is it going to be Tyler Buckner, who came from Notre Dame last year uh, or, or over the offseason after spring practice? And you would like to believe that, okay, new offense coordinator Tommy Reese. Uh, transfer quarterback Tyler Buckner, kind of a match made in heaven, right? Well, Tyler Buckner was the starter last year to begin the season, but he got injured and then came back and played in that win over South Carolina in the uh, the bowl game. Uh, stats still in four games weren't all that, or three games weren't all that impressive. Completed 55% of his passes, three touchdowns, five interceptions, 651 yards. So, uh, you know, I'm not anointing Tyler Buckner the starting quarterback at Alabama right now whatsoever. Jalen Milrose, the oldest, the most experienced, um, dynamic athletes, really good on the ground, 36 rushes last year, 265 yards, 8.5 yards per carry. He's also a bigger guy, kind of like a kind of like a Joe Milton in that respect. But throwing the football, it's where he has limitations. Uh, 31 of 53, 297 yards, five touchdowns, three interceptions for Jalen Milrow. And then Ty Simpson, of course, we know that, na- that name from uh, Martin, Tennessee, former five-star quarterback, picked Alabama over Tennessee in the class of 2022. Um, he was just four or five passing for 35 yards last year, took a red shirt, appeared in four games. So I'm, I'm so intrigued to see who starts a quarterback for Alabama. And whichever one they choose, especially if it's like Jalen Milrow because he's a different type of uh, quarterback, you need to go all in on him and start calling a game tailored to Jalen Milrow or Ty Simpson or Tyler Buckner. So they got to figure that out over fall camp, that's for sure. No longer is it the uh, Jalen Hurts to Tua to Mac Jones to Bryce Young. I mean, it's going to be a significant drop-off for sure, but still there's a lot of talent on this roster, as, as I'll point out. Uh, wide receivers, you bring back Jermaine Burton, former Georgia a wide receiver coming over, and of course he was – uh, he he was on video making contact with a Tennessee fan on the field after the game, which just blew over. Nick Saban was such a coward and explaining that in front of the microphone as well. But Jermaine Burton's still there. Ja'Cory Brooks is going to be really good. Uh, Ja'Cory Brooks is going to be one of the better wide receivers in this uh, in this league, in my opinion. Got Kobe Patience as well that uh, can step up. And, and junior college uh, transfer Malik Benson, who Tennessee was in on as well. Those are kind of the core wide receivers for Alabama this year. Running back, you lose Jameer Gibbs. He led the team in rushing, receptions, total touchdown. He's a first-rounder going to Detroit. Uh, Jameer Gibbs is going to be a big loss. Okay, came over from Georgia Tech. But you do bring back some experience, and top to bottom, um, you know, a lot of talent in that running back room. Jace uh, McClellan, 
112 rushing yard, 112 attempts, 655 yards, seven touchdowns. You got Roydale Williams as well, who had four touchdowns. Uh, star freshman Justice Haynes is going to be in that conversation as well. So I think they're going to be okay at running back, but nobody as dynamic as Jameer Gibbs. So obviously downgrade at quarterback, a downgrade at, uh, well, really wide receiver. They didn't have much yet last year either. Downgrade at running back for sure. What about that offensive line? Not a whole lot coming back either. You got um, J.C. Latham, who's going to be in the NFL. He's a pretty good player. You got the center, Seth McLaughlin, who's very experienced. Uh, but you got to fill in some pieces uh, if you're on the offensive line for Alabama. Uh, but again, I'm not sitting here saying Alabama's going to lose four or five games this year. I think Alabama's going to be okay. But I'll continue to say what I've said all offseason. I think you're going to see a different approach offensively, or really team-wide, game manager, especially if it's not Milrow, because Milrow can take over a game with his legs. He's athletic and everything. But if it's Buckner or Simpson, game manager, running the football, elite defense is, I think, how Alabama's going to win this year. And if it's Milrow, who knows? He'll have limitations on the football, but he can also spark a lot offensively. So, you know, we'll see. Let's flip it over to defense with Kevin Steele, okay? No more Will Anderson Jr. No more Henry 2020 Will Anderson. You guys know my love for him. I'm a football fan. I'm a football junkie. Sorry, I know he plays at Alabama. Love that guy. Um, of course, he was off, you know, top five pick in the NFL draft, but he's gone. Um, from a defense last year that was second in the SEC in both scoring 18 points per game is what he give, gave up, and total defense 311 yards per game. That's really, really solid. Uh, you do bring back Dallas Turner, solid player. He's the one that had that scoop and score touchdown against Tennessee early in the fourth quarter where I think everybody in the stadium just said, here we go. Here we go. But then Tennessee comes right back and scores after that. But Dallas Turner's back. He had eight TFLs, four sacks. Chris Braswell is also going to help out on the edge. Two and a half sacks, four TFLs in 2022. Uh, linebackers, you've got Deontay Lawson, who had 51 stops last year. You're bringing in a transfer from Georgia. Was a reserve guy, never a starter at Georgia. Uh, but Tresman Marshall to help out at linebacker for Alabama this year. You move up front to the defensive line. There's no Superman, but there's some experience there. You got uh, Jaheim Oates, who's an all-SEC player, Tim Smith, Jamil Burroughs as well. Um, again, all experience, but nobody that's really going to be you know a top two, three draft pick as of right now, in my opinion. You do go back to the secondary and a cornerback, potentially a top 10 pick, and cornerback Kool-Aid McKinstry. Uh, we know all about him. Really, really solid player. You also added a transfer from uh, Louisiana and Trey Amos as well. Very experienced player at cornerback. And then a safety, Malachi Moore. He's played for years. We knew who that is. Uh, freshman Caleb Downs is a guy that uh, might see some playing time. Five-star freshman coming in. As well as UBA transfer, Jalen Key. So defensively, I think Alabama's going to be okay. Offensively, I'm curious. Obviously about quarterback. Okay, I'm curious. See how that offensive line gels together. Um, all SEC preseason team, okay, Alabama tied with Georgia, I believe, with uh, 16 players voted on the three teams by the media. Again, three teams is way too many. Uh, but first team selections on the offensive line, J.C. Latham, edge rusher Dallas Turner, cornerback Kool-Aid McKinstry, and their kicker uh, Will Reichert, as well as a long snapper. But I ran out of room here on my notepad, so I, I omitted the long snapper's name. If the long snapper, if the mommy of the long snappers watching this podcast – I do apologize. Second teams, running back Jace McClellan, wide receiver Ja'Cory Brooks, offensive line Tyler Booker, who was a freshman last year, and then center Seth McLaughlin, who I mentioned. Uh, also on the defensive side of the football, defensive lineman Jaheim Oates, uh, defensive lineman Justin, Justin 
Ibanage and safety Malachi Moore. Those are the preseason second team guys from Alabama. And then third team wide receiver Jermaine Burton, who shouldn't be playing. Defensive lineman Tim Smith and linebacker Chris Braswell. Alabama was picked to win the West. Um, it got 165 votes compared to 117 votes from LSU. It was picked to lose to Georgia, but finished second in the SEC. And it got 62 votes to beat Georgia in the SEC championship. So uh, that's a look at Alabama. Um, two in a row. Boy, what would that say about Josh Heupel and where this program is right now if you can beat Alabama in back-to-back -back seasons? Would be huge, no doubt about it. Uh, but Tennessee's got some games in front of the third Saturday in October that you got to worry about. But um, you're to a point now, and I talked about this with SEC Mike on, media, on uh, Radio Row and a little bit on the VolQuest podcast earlier this week. You're at a point now to where the conversation could be had. Which game is more likely a win for Tennessee? Home against Georgia or on the road against Tuscaloosa? Or on the road at Tuscaloosa against Alabama? Would have laughed at would have laughed ourselves out of the room a couple years ago. Not anymore. Credit to Josh Heupel where the Tennessee program is. That's gonna do it. Thursday locked on balls. It was fast, it was furious. Hope you enjoyed it. We'll come back with some more hashtag fire as the kids say content tomorrow and uh, fall camp. Media days on Tuesday. Practice number one is going to be on Wednesday. Can't wait to get here, guys. We are getting closer to football season. If you haven't already, please subscribe to Locked On Balls on the YouTube channel. Let's continue to build this show. 8K by opening day, 8K by kickoff. Uh, we're a couple hundred away, so let's help that uh, show grow to 8,000 subscribers on the YouTube channel and, of course, wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks so much, everydayers. We'll be back again here tomorrow. This is Locked On Balls.